from Television City in Hollywood. Hey gang, Jason Bullard here with another retro episode of the Keep It To Yourself podcast. And it's a very timely one given we're right smack in the middle of the holiday season. This episode I'm going to bring to you is episode number 65. This happened the week before the 2018 edition of Babes in Troyland and Franklin Alley Social Club's Christmas in July and December party. This is where I tell my tale of the Victorian stroll and also give a little deep dive into SantaCon, give my little take on it. Well, in 2019, I'm recording this on Monday the 9th of December 2019. No snow in the forecast, milder temperatures though here in the rolling hills of Saratoga County, New York. The Victorian stroll has already been and gone for another year, and SantaCon is coming up this weekend. A shortened holiday season will do that to you, gang. So this episode is number 65 in the series. It originally dropped on December 4th, 2018, if memory serves. Now, before I start with this little blast from the past, i got to go back to episode 94. I left a couple of things out, so this is an omissions podcast. In 1994, I forgot to give who won the big college sports championships, uh, college football, Florida State won, they defeated Nebraska in the Orange Bowl, and that's when both teams were an absolute ton, and the University of Arkansas, they won the final four, Bill Clinton, then the president was in attendance, Nolan Richardson, an improbable victory right there, and also I forgot to tell about the Victorian Streetwalk, I went to Saratoga, I did not do this Victorian stroll this year, but I went back to the Victorian Streetwalk for the first time in a while, and I had a wonderful time, parked way near downtown, or way the blink away. But we walked around, had a good time, sat in on some Seinfeld trivia at this place that used to be called One Caroline Street Bistro. And that was it. Wasn't much to write home about, but it was worth mentioning because I forgot to mention it. Anyway, time to hit the Wayback Machine to the first week of December 2018. For this edition of the Keep It To Yourself podcast. New episode coming next week. More than likely going to be the holiday shitfest end of the year episode. So thanks for listening and enjoy. This time on the Keep It To Yourself podcast. Your humble host recalls his time strolling in the rain. Victorian style in Troy. Plus the end of the Super 6 pigskin picks question mark. All that and the usual BS, coming up. But first, this. Hang all the mistletoe, I'm gonna get to know you better. And as we trim the tree, how much fun it's gonna be together. Hey, man! Welcome to a somewhat festive episode of the Keep It To Yourself podcast, the most above average podcast ever to hit your ear holes. My name, of course, and as always, is Jason Bullet. The man's the hour! Woo! Too sweet to be sour, Jack. And I'm coming to you once again from the rolling and at the moment, no longer snow-covered hills of southern Saratoga County, New York. Thank you, climate change. Recording this episode the week of Monday, the 3rd of December, 2018, and the holiday season is well underway here in New York's capital region and other parts of the world, if I had to take a guess. And we're going to be getting into the holiday season by taking another deep dive 
This time we're meeting the counterculture and the holiday season. We're going to be crossing the streams. We're going to be talking SantaCon. So get ready for that. All that and more coming up. But first, let me get my social media plugs in. You can follow me on Twitter at 518 underscore bull. My Instagram is Jason underscore 51838. And there's also the Keep It To Yourself Facebook page. Though I did mention that a group is going to be coming in the new year. So looking forward to that. I got some shoutouts here to start the episode, and these are mainly holdovers from previous episodes, like before Thanksgiving. I've had a lot on my mind recently, and that unfortunately kept me from getting the shoutouts in here. So let me start with Brian Licata. He's the first on the list here. He recently liked the Keep It To Yourself Facebook page. Hopefully he enjoys the podcast just as much. So big shout to you, Brian. Get that off quickly. Second of all, I'm sorry I didn't go ladies first. Another holdover from weeks past, and that's Sarah Berger. Sarah has expressed an interest many times on wanting to come on the podcast, or be on the podcast. Hashtag me too. Sorry, Sarah. But I didn't want to spoil your shout-out here with that kind of talk. But anyway, Sarah has her own law firm now, based in both Saratoga Springs, our beloved hometown, as well as in Boston. So whether you're in the spa city or you're at the hub of the universe, and you got legal troubles, she's the person to call. So Sarah, big shout to you, and there's going to be an open house at your law firm on Thursday, like Thursday coming up, well not this Thursday, a week from there. It's early in the morning, folks. Well, and I hope to see you there. Hopefully we will get on the podcast, but you're a busy person now, so I doubt that's going to happen. I'll certainly broach the subject. This is for all the listeners out there. And of course, there's my podcasting family. There's Heidi Sicard, it's Frank's wife. Her podcast called Heidi vs. the World. More on her and her husband later on. And of course, I'm going to give the shout out to Cease Beeston. He dropped a new episode of his podcast called Beast on the Road. He was talking about a holdup he saw while he was on the job and getting some talk about what's going on in the trucking industry. It's got his goat. And of course, my newest friend in the podcasting world, The Breaking Down Show, Pete Turner and John Leon Guerrero. Great album fight this past week between Madonna and Sheryl Crow. Just think, my sister's adolescence versus my adolescence. Can you believe that? So have a we listen to that when you get a second. Those are the shoutouts. Now let's get on with things here. As I stay at the top of the show, we're going to be talking part of the holiday season right here. And one glaring omission I forgot to do at the end of the show was to wish my listeners of the Mosaic Persuasion, a.k.a. my Jewish listeners, a happy Hanukkah. As I record this, the first night of Hanukkah was last night, and I hope everything is going well for you, that you continue to have wonderful celebrations with your family and friends. So many apologies to my Jewish listeners for leaving out Hanukkah greetings last week. Hopefully I've made it up to you guys. And that, in a somewhat tangential way, leads us into... A great segment, which we've modified for the month of December and the holiday season. It's normally called Tales of Franklin Alley, but given all the holiday celebrations I'm doing in the great city of Troy, New York, we have rebranded, for this month only, Tales of the Collar City, Victorian Stroll Edition. Now, I was originally going to have a uniquely different experience to this year's Victorian Stroll, not necessarily because of the weather, it rained on Sunday, 
but I was going to go with my sister and my nephew providing the weather didn't wreak havoc on plans. Well, I didn't hear back from until about noon. Well, actually, I texted him, gave him a little follow-up. Are we still on for today? Then my sister texted back minutes later. They weren't going because of the weather. So that let me free to go and experience the Victorian stroll as I would like. No offense to my sister, now that she listens to this podcast, nor she know I do one. So at some time past noon, I sallied forth to the Collar City. And in past years, my strategy with the Victorian stroll as far as easily finding a parking spot was to go to the Uncle Sam parking garage, but leave sometime after 10.30 because that was going to be the best chance the whole day to find parking. Because downtown Troy, despite the weather this year, was never not going to be mobbed with a Victorian stroll. There were some brave souls that made it out despite the weather, and there was a holiday glow to the festivities despite the fact that climate change has been taking place now, and the normally chilly weather was, at least for this year, displaced by some slightly less chilly weather. There was a fog that hung over parts of the capital region. Anyway, I arrived at about 20 minutes to 1, pulled in near the parking garage, the only place I could find a spot nearby, and I immediately hoofed it to the Troy Atrium. There was like a band playing, there were some vendors there, not unlike the farmer's market that takes place there every Saturday during the winter time. Now, the main reason I've been doing Tales of Franklin Alley is to give you not only a window into my social life outside of podcasting, but also try and pump up my friend's business. My friend Frank Sicari and Heidi, the woman to whom he's related by marriage, they're two businesses called Talk House and Franklin Alley Social Club. I named the segment for the latter business. Well, you'll be glad to know that both businesses were open and rocking on the day. So after a little strolling, going through the atrium, just browsing, not buying anything, and with a little stop to see the end of a concert at St. Paul's Episcopal Church across the street from Talk House and FASC. I made my way into Talk House, and Frank Sicari was tending bar. Heidi was sitting there. Frank's brother Rick was helping out. And also one of Heidi's friends, a redhead by the name of Mackenzie, with whom I got to play trivia earlier this year because my regular group didn't show up. Well, she was also doing her thing at the bar, too. Mackenzie is also a dental student, so she has about one more semester to go after this one before she becomes a dental hygienist, and God bless her for that. My only hope is that she doesn't wind up working at the office where I usually go for my appointments and whatnot. We're good friends, but we might be violating HIPPA regulation. That's called the Health Insurance Privacy Protection Act, or Health Information Privacy Protection Act, or some such. Could be getting into violations with that. So if she winds up going to my dentist, no offense to you, Mackenzie, if you're listening, I'll be switching dentists. I mean, we still want to be friends, but I don't want to run afoul of the United States government, especially with the you-know-who we got in office right now. May he not be in there for long in 2019, that's all I ask. Anyway, Mackenzie was there, Frank was there, Frank's brother Rick, Heidi was there. So I hung around Talk House, got a... Non-alcoholic cider. Thanks for providing non-alcoholic options, especially you got kids running around the joint. Some of the churns were there with an ornament-making station. I wish the little booger would come with me. He gets to see a place that his Uncle Jason frequents sometimes. More downstairs than upstairs. And speaking of which, I went downstairs to Franklin Alley Social Club. All hands on deck for this one at FASC. Joe, the bartender, who I see on the reg for Trivia Wednesday nights, was there. Another female was also attending bar on the day. And I got to give another shout out to somebody I've been following on Instagram because of my adventures at Franklin Alley. 
a girl named Molly McDonald. You can follow her on Instagram at Red Molly. R-E-D-M-O-L-L-Y, just like it sounds. When she's not working the counter at Franklin Alley, she's doing hair. So if you're into the tonsorial stuff as far as female haircuts go, that's a good follow right there. So give her the dap. Tell her J-Bullet sent you. Anyway, I just mucked around Franklin Alley. Frank went between the two businesses with ease, and I decided to have one. So I had like a vegan three-bean chili, which was real good. And also pretty cheap. cost only four bucks. It was the cheapest day out I ever had. Three bucks for the apple cider, four bucks... I'm eating breakfast here, you can tell, speaking of food. Four bucks for the vegan chili. So I went around, said my goodbyes to Rex, said goodbye to Frank, said goodbye to Joe and the female bartender, name unknown, and then went upstairs to say goodbye to Heidi and everybody else. And guess who was up there? Old Frank Sicari himself. I'm like, Frank, did you get cloned? Boy, this got awkward, man. So I said goodbye to Frank once again, said my goodbyes to Heidi. Told him that I hope to be back for the little holiday party in the Babes and Troyland market next Saturday. Said goodbye to Mackenzie. And then mucked my way through the raindrops into downtown Troy. And that was it. I tapped out about 2.30. So this has been Tales of the Collar City, Victorian Stroll Edition. A little quick trip into Jason's Sports Corner here before we get into the main business of this episode. I gotta address what happened with now... Former running back of the Kansas City Chiefs, Kareem Hunt. Late last weekend, as I record this, TMZ released a video of Mr. Hunt having a fight with a woman in a hotel. Now, it's not the most disgusting thing that Mr. Hunt did this, yet another case of domestic violence among NFL players and their wives or random women in this case. But really disgusts me that the NFL really dropped the ball on this one again. I realize I'm saying this now with female listeners on board here, and I want to say thanks for that big shout to you. So I know what you're going through when you see something like this. You women weren't meant to be treated like that. Now, I want to say that Hunt was not cut by the Chiefs because of the act. It's because he lied to team officials. But tangent aside the NFL got caught with its pants down metaphorically speaking yet again thinking well we moved on from Ray Rice in 2014 when she attacked the, his wife in the elevator well turns out they really didn't so at that point I think I'm going to make a stand here I'm going to put a premature end to the super six pigskin picks for this week maybe because there's only one college football game and that's army navy and I don't really have that game on the radar so with all that out of the way, the Super 6 pigskin picks come to an end. 50 wins, 21 losses, and one tie straight up against the spread. 42-29 and one push. We hit the 500 mark, 3-3, three and three, both straight up and against the spread. The big loss coming when I thought was going to be a scoring bonanza between Minnesota and New England. I had the over at 48.5. Unfortunately, it went the under. So, there you go, loss right there. And I was improving against the spread, too, so more is the pity. So, there you have it, folks. Just taking a stand for women everywhere. I got your backs. Metaphorically speaking, that is. I'm supporting you. Now, in a somewhat vain attempt to try and bring back the mood to cheerful, we're going to get into the main business of the show here, and that is another one of my deep dives. It's become a new thing on the podcast as 2018 winds its way to an end. 
And what we're going to do is we're going to have the counterculture, which we introduced with the Stanford Band deep dive last week, but this time it's crossing streams with the holiday season. We're going to discuss a little event that's going to happen this weekend in most places across the United States and throughout the world. Yes, friends, we're going to discuss SantaCon. A little festive musical interlude, please. In what seems like a theme in recent episodes here on the Keep It To Yourself podcast, we are celebrating the Christmas-slash-holiday season by giving praise to the world's counterculture. Last week, it was the Stanford University Marching Band. This week, we bring in the jolliness of Yuletide by taking a deep dive into the odd, drunken, fake Santa suit-clad bacchanal known as SantaCon. While the annual holiday event featuring participants sclanking beers and other adult beverages at various places where such are served as Santa Claus, though other holiday and non-holiday characters are also available, is a recent phenomenon in observances of Christmas among youth in the United States. The actual celebration dates back to the mid-1970s. In 1974, an activist theater group in Denmark staged an act against the corporate structure and took a playful swipe at the consumerist attitude of the day by invading a Copenhagen department store, taking varied items off of the shelves, and giving them away as presents, in air quotes. That was until the police showed up and ended the gag by arresting those involved. Obscure beginnings out of the way, this type of event made its way to these shores, and by that I mean the United States of America, two decades later when a troupe of San Francisco pranksters by name of the Cacophony Society brought the event, anti-consumerism message at all, into the fold. It was originally a one-off event, not the annual happening into which it would eventually evolve, or devolve as some would say. So the question here is, when did the jazz of the holiday and the consumerist trappings that go with it fade from the scene and the alcohol take its place? Or to put it another way, when did it all descend into drunkards and Santa suits? Well, as the saying goes, let us begin at the beginning. The United States version of SantaCon got its start in San Francisco in 1995, when a group of 50 Santas showed up drunk to the hill at the Hyatt Regency Hotel and proceeded to misbehave themselves in an event known as Santarchy. Amongst the acts of debauchery, the theft of holiday decorations, rampaging through a holiday carnival, dropping trout from one of the city's famed cable cars, and to top it off, even hanging one of the fake Santas from a traffic light mast. Before the local police could jump in and haul some of the sham St. Nicholas's away, a number of them got sloshed at various bars and watering holes nearby in the city. This didn't deter the movement one iota. In fact, the movement got a sister city of sorts the following year, when Portland, Oregon joined the fun in 1996. That year, the festivities began with what the Portland Police Department described as, quote, drive-by caroling, wherein the group of over 100 Santas, not only from Portland, but arriving from San Fran, Los Angeles, and other parts of the Pacific Northwest, sang Christmas carols while walking down the street. However, a day that included running roughshod over the Saturday market, karaoke, strip teases, and even roller skating, 
ended with a standoff between police and riot gear and the aforementioned drunk Santas belting out Christmas carols outside a shopping mall. Needless to say, there were some arrests made. From there, the event grew not only in participation, but in the number of locations where it was taking place. Southern California got into the act in 1997, when 400 sodden Santas flew to L.A., and proceeded to commit such acts of public lasciviousness and immorality, such as a beach day of sorts on Venice Beach, stopping traffic on Hollywood Boulevard, visiting a strip club on nearby Sunset Boulevard, and sticking it to Scientology in their own way by invading their winter wonderland, or at least the site where it was taking place. One of the Santas even became a human set of barbells when one of those who were frequenting Muscle Beach picked up the fake Father Christmas, and pressed him a hundred times, according to legend. The Northern California influence soon spread clear across the continent. This fast-ending year, 2018, marks 20 years since a young San Fran expat donned a cheap Santa suit and a fake white beard, leading a group of some 200 of his ilk down New York City's famed Fifth Avenue. Since that time, SantaCon has expanded further with events taking place not just in those large American cities that I've mentioned earlier, but smaller events in Canada, the United Kingdom, Mexico, even Vietnam. Of course, New York's capital region has not been immune to the movement, with a lower-key event taking place in your humble host's beloved hometown of Saratoga Springs for the last several years. Not to be outdone, Troy, seemingly his second home in upstate New York these days, will get in on the debauchery for the first time ever this year. A word of advice to those participating. Don't go anywhere near Franklin Alley Social Club. Frank and Heidi don't want their chill Christmas in July and December party getting marred by whatever ass hatter you've got rolled up your sleeves. And so do I, as I'm likely to be there on the day. To recapitulate, message to those in Troy on December the 8th. Don't go anywhere near FASC. In an attempt to dissociate themselves from the alcohol-induced debauchery, a number of these festive booze sessions have emphasized charity. The organizers of the aforementioned Collar City Traveling Booze Up announced that it would be for the benefit of the Ronald McDonald House, while this year's Spa City event asked participants to bring five cans of non-perishable food items to benefit the local food pantry. All that's well and good, I suppose, but the act of charity that often gets lost in the consumerist attitude of the season has been easily beaten in New York City, where the largest of these events takes place. In recent years, the organizers have disavowed the descent into drunken revelry that this event has experienced mainly on the back of the debauchery in Manhattan, with even bar owners banning the mob of muddled merrymakers disguised in Santa suits and other non-holiday accoutrements from their establishments on the day. Perhaps the most infamous of these events took place in 2014. With the murders of African Americans Michael Brown Jr. and Eric Garner still fresh in the American consciousness, that year's SantaCon unhappily coincided with anti-police demonstrations, the latter of which was not lost on your humble host, having heard one while with a group of meet-up friends at Troy's Victorian Stroll the Sunday previous. While there were no reports of any arrests, the Portland organizers of SantaCon that same year tried to bring the event back to its anarchic roots. This followed the pattern of backlash in the city that never sleeps from the first years of this decade, 
when complaints of participants throwing up and or peeing in the streets, and even the odd bout of fisticuffs among sane, were reported. While the New York Police Department has annually monitored and given support to SantaCon, community opposition and calls to do away with the event outright have only increased. While those in PDX were well-intentioned in bringing SantaCon back to its earlier ethos of anarchism, if ever there was such a word, it seems as though it may never get back to those innocent times in the grand scheme of things. Case in point, last year's festivities in Hoboken, New Jersey, across the Hudson River from Manhattan, saw 17 arrests mainly for assault and disorderly conduct, including a member of the local constabulary getting one right in the kisser from a 22-year-old woman. All told, the Hoboken Police Department got upwards of 300 calls in a 16-hour period between 11 o'clock on the day of the event until 4 a.m. the following Sunday. To close this out, let us return to the Bay Area to bring it full circle to the present. This year saw the potential cancellation of SantaCon festivities in San Francisco, mainly on the grounds of safety. While SantaCon has strayed far away from its roots of taking the Mickey out of Christmas consumerism, it still remains a part of holiday celebrations not just in the United States, but the world over. However, Father Christmas does have something to say about all this to the participants of this year's SantaCon, wherever they may be. Santa Claus is watching you. Well, friends, that's going to park the sleigh on this episode of the Keep It To Yourself podcast, the 65th in the series. I certainly hope you enjoyed that little deep dive into SantaCon. Not sure what the topic is going to be next week, the last podcast of my 36th year on this earth. Can you believe it? Well, still, thanks as ever for listening. You can subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts. Five-star rating, a good wrap, that'll help out. Thank you very much. You can also listen on SoundCloud, on Podbean, on the TuneIn app. And now, as of last Saturday, you can now listen to this podcast on Spotify. So if you have Spotify, you're good to go, ladies and gentlemen. I did a little quick check while I was decorating the tree here at Bullet House. And much to my delight, there it was. So you've got Spotify to go along with all the other methods you can use to listen to this podcast. Well, thanks again for listening as ever, and above all else, wait for it. Wait for it. You should get a call in your stocking for rushing the end of this podcast. Well, you should get a call in your stocking for interrupting me while I'm trying to bring this rickety flight home. Keep smiling. See you next week.